0: Welcome to the Sailorville Church podcast. I'm Pat Nimmers, the lead pastor here at Sailorville Church, and I'm joined for the first time, podcast-wise, with our director of women's ministries, uh, a friend, and a true blessing to my life, Lindsey Holland. Good to have you here, Lindsay.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: You know, and we are uh, we're going to be piggybacking uh, the message on Sunday, and really our entire series throughout the summer, which is already uh, gathering a lot of momentum. The series is simply titled, Your Questions, God's Answers. And so we're we're dealing with some of the, the questions we, we deal with the most. People ask questions like the one coming up this week is a big one. Uh, how can a good God uh, allow evil in this world? And uh, that'll be a big one, and I'm sure that'll generate a lot of interest. The one we dealt with this last week was, is all sin the same to God? And... We did answer that question by saying, no, it's not. All sin does separate. All sin is an abomination to God. Um, One sin is enough to send somebody to hell if it hasn't been dealt with through the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus. But all sin is not the same. It's really a foolish question when you think about it because we don't even think of all sin being the same. Um, uh, And so we looked at uh, one Psalm in particular. We looked at Psalm 32. And uh, I'll come back to that in just a minute. But I, I want to come back to you, Lindsay, because I want to introduce you and because we're going to come back to your own personal experience and what you do, uh, what your role here is as a, as a uh, women's ministry leader. Uh, your, your first ministry was not actually directing our overall women's ministry here at church, uh, but it was much more personal to you. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, what is that ministry called and what does it entail?
1: Um, So my first ministry that kind of got me launched and passionate about women's ministry is um, a ministry for women who have had abortions um, because I experienced abortion um, when I was 18 and dealt with that, the effects of that for 13 years and was um, given the opportunity to do a post-abortive Bible study And that just flipped my world upside down and became a passion of mine to share what Christ had done with me, um, done for me. And so um, it's been 10 years now that I have been in a post-abortive ministry in some aspect or another where we lived previously and then um, about seven or eight years here at Sailorville.
0: Well, this is still not to me anymore, but to a lot of our listeners and those who are watching this post-abortive. I mean, we... If you're a Christian or you have Christian convictions or you have Bible convictions uh, uh, or you're conservative, let's say, in the religious realm, you, you're you probably pro-life. Uh, you would, you'd be against abortion. Uh, we're used to that. We're used to taking our stand for life and we're used to taking our stand uh, against abortion. But that's really not what you're talking about, is it?
1: no this is for and i didn't say the name of the ministry is called joy restored that's based out of psalm 51 restore to me the joy of my salvation Ah, because our salvation should bring us the highest joy and um when you're under sin that there's just no joy there Mm. when you're when you're stuck in that and so um the ministry that i have are for women who have have had abortions um, and there, it can also be for women who have been involved in an abortion in one way or another, whether that is a mother who took her daughter when mm-hmm. she was younger and now is dealing with guilt from that. Um, but mostly I get women who have had abortions and they are just um, just filled with shame and guilt and are, are not able to really fully experience the joy of their salvation.
0: Well, hang on to that, because I want to circle back to that, because that has a special uh, reference in your own life, does mm-hmm. it not? And that's, of course, what launched you not only to do the study, but then to become an individual who has helped many women uh, work through these issues of guilt and shame, uh, already already being Christians, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, so back to the subject. We asked the question, is all sin the same? And of course, we answered that by going into the scripture and showing that it's not, but uh, You reference Psalm 51, where uh, your Joy Restored ministry gets its name. Uh, Psalm 51 and Psalm 32 are sort of companion, penitential psalms, but they're not the same. I made a big deal out of that on Sunday, whereas Psalm 51, David's looking at his sin and confessing it. Uh, Psalm 32, where we spent our time on Sunday, is David looking back to his sin and rejoicing over the forgiveness that he has uh, experience. By the way, I didn't talk about this on Sunday, but I'm writing a book uh, titled uh, Retractions, and it's base, It's subtitled uh, Cultivating Humility After Humiliation. And uh, the premise of the book is that, uh, whereas I have seen a lot of people who have sinned, such as yourself, and even a, what some would consider just a grievous sin, mm-hmm. uh, and even you would consider it a grievous sin, but you've received forgiveness, uh, a lot of us would just like to we've been forgiven. I don't want to look back. I don't want to remember it. I want to just get as far away from it as possible. And I argue in the book, and I think David would agree in Psalm 51 and Psalm 32, that uh, we're sort of wasting our sin. We're wasting that failure by not testifying of it. Would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And that's part of your ministry, isn't it?
1: yes it is it it's um when i went through a post-abortive study as the the person going through it and and just receiving this this healing through god's word um i stood up in front of a group of people of men and women who have had abortions and read um, uh, another of David's psalms. But the the end of Psalm 30 says, You've turned for me my mourning into dancing. You've mm. loosed my sackcloth and girded me with gladness that my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. I personally felt it was almost sinful to keep to myself the what, what God had done for me, yeah. the freedom that he had. And and not just tell a few people around me, but to not be silent, to mm. sing his praises the rest of my life. Mm. And so, um, yeah, that's just a, a kind of a promise that I made to him that it, I'll obey you if you give me the chance to sing your praises. When you ask me to do this, m- my natural instinct is I, I don't wanna be in front of a camera, I don't wanna be have a microphone or anything, and I, and I never do, but that obedience it has to come first for me to I just love that. sing his praises. I love that.
0: So what is, it'd be more natural for me because I've always been a talker and such, but I love that idea. I'm doing this out of obedience to God. And I love the scripture that you just alluded to. He's turned my morning into dancing. And uh, that's that gets back to the message. I, 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 you know, I preached several times in the morning. By the time I preached the third time, I said to the audience there, I said, you ought to be coming out of your shoes if you've been forgiven of your sins. Mm-hmm. And so again just to kind of reorient our audience to the text in Psalm 32 David looking back he says blessed is the is the one whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered, who blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. We made a big deal out of this verse. We kept bringing it up. We highlighted the fact that David says there are, he mentions three sin in three different ways, transgression, sin, and iniquity. Mm -hmm. And we we made a big deal out of the word iniquity, if you'll recall. We said the iniquity is sort of the heart of sin. It's the it's before the act of sin. It's, the, it's what's going on in the heart, that desire to go your own way. And like I said to the kids during vacation Bible school a few weeks earlier, it's, it's when you, in your heart, you're saying, uh-uh, I'm not going to do it. And we adults do the same thing, don't we?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, so uh, uh, the verses that follow, Then, so David in these first couple of verses is, kind of setting the stage. He's saying, this is where I'm at. I'm in the place of blessedness. I'm in the place where I've been for My transgression, my sin, my iniquity has been forgiven. And he uses other words like, my trans- uh, he says, forgiven, covered, and God doesn't impute this against me anymore. So this, and we'll get back to this whole business of just being forgiven. But the verses that come after that, he, now he's sort of, this is almost like a, a major newspaper article where the, a newspaper article will kind of give you the synopsis and then lay out the story. Yeah. So now he lays the story out and he says, and I said in my message, if you ever wonder what David was going through in that period between adultery and murder and Nathan coming in and confronting him for that year or so, this is it. Mm-hmm. He This is the only time I know in the Bible where he actually gives us what, uh, 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 a sense of what he was experiencing. And it says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. So, Lindsay, uh, just take a few moments here and tell us you've already committed the fornicative act that caused you to become pregnant. Uh, and then you went down and had an abortion and you don't have to take us through that, that, but it's done. And now take us into your life, into your, really into your, your physical life as well and yeah. mental life. What was life like during that time?
1: Um, in, in one word, it was darkness. There was no light. Um, I was I was a believer. I was a follower of Christ when I had an abortion. You're
0: going to church and everything, weren't you?
1: Yeah, okay. yes. and I was, you know that when you said on Sunday the level of knowledge that one rejects, um, it's it, it, you know, an unbeliever having an abortion and a believer. it's the same sin, but I knew. And I remember the moment I made the deliberate choice to go numb. Hmm. I would not let myself connect with the life growing in me. And so thinking that everything was going to get back to normal once this was, you know, um, out of the way as some people like to refer to it. Um, it was immediate, immediately spiraling. I didn't tell anybody, um, So I was completely alone. I had isolated myself, but just making really destructive choices because I was very suicidal. Hmm. Um, You weren't
0: suicidal before this time, were you?
1: No, no. No. I I knew that I had disappointed God, Hmm. and I thought that these lies start creeping in. Satan is so clever with these lies. And um, I remember just wanting my life to end, but I thought I had sealed the deal with my fate that I was going to be eternally lost, Hmm. damned to hell, because I did this unpardonable sin. This is like the worst sin a woman can commit, right? Hmm. And um, But I thought, if there's a... If there is a chance that I can be forgiven of this, then I really will seal the deal if I take my own life. So that kept me from suicide. Wow. But I, I did a lot of drinking and drugs and really, really destructive driving down the highway in a snowstorm 80 miles an hour hoping that I would die. Just I wanted the Lord to take my life because I didn't want to be responsible for taking my own life. I just wanted, I, so I lived destructively, just hoping that somehow God would take my life.
0: Now, are you referring to uh, sort of the, the immediate afterwards? That was
1: probably the, for two to three years
0: oh, afterwards. Wow. wow, so this wasn't just taking place in a couple of weeks period of time. No,
1: this was for a couple of years. Um, I I got caught doing a lot of things and, you um, that kind of stopped me in my tracks. I can look back and see that was that was the Holy Spirit trying to get me back on onto his path. And so I was getting caught in everything that I did. Um, moving forward, I marry Jeremy, not telling him about my past, because mm-hmm. I was so ashamed, I thought he'll never want to marry someone like me. Um, so I deceived him into marrying a good Christian girl, while below the surface, I'm this, I am this murderer, this deceitful woman, um, and I have a child with him, and when I finally come clean to him and he offers forgiveness and acceptance, there was still this this dryness in my soul. I, I had a hard time bonding with my oldest daughter when she was born and the second one when she was born. There's just this... There is this guilt, and I always tell women in joy restored. God has taken away the consequences of eternity, but there are consequences while we walk this earth. And um, the, you know I think that that level of knowledge, that that temporal judgment that I was going through, um, felt your your hand was heavy upon me. There was no, there was hardly any joy. In being a follower of Christ.
0: So, take us to that moment where you you uh, uh, so you you lived a, a very reckless life, but God brings a wonderful man into your life. You get married, you're you started a family. You have a couple of kids, and uh, and you're still you've you've confessed this to him, but you just really haven't uh, yeah. come completely clean. Mm-hmm. Certainly haven't made it public. Mm-hmm. Uh, What was the, what was the, what was the harbinger? What was the thing that said, I've got to do this. I've got to see this before God and come clean on this.
1: Um, Well, I thought I was doing good works to get in back into favor with God by donating some items to our local pregnancy center. And when I did that and I kept thinking "I'll, I'll, I'll volunteer, I'll help other women not do this. Yeah. And 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 I wouldn't send in my application or I wouldn't call them back after they left a message. But then I went and they brought me into the room that they did ultrasounds. And I had like this flashback to the day that I had an ultrasound and the screen was so small and across the room that I couldn't see the the baby. Yeah. And so we end up buying this big screen TV for this pregnancy center and the woman, I just break down and tell her my story and I'd never shared with anyone outside of my husband before. And she said, will you do this post abortive Bible study that we offer? And I'm like, fine Uh. thinking I'll get out of it. But I was just, I kept trying to do these good things and sweep it under the rug. And I always tell women, when you sweep things on the rug, all you have is hidden dirt. Mm. And my life was just a bunch of hidden dirt that I was trying to, you know, clean out some way with good works. And so it was through this Bible study that I went through. I I don't know. The, I mean, it was just the Lord, like, walking me through the doors that first night of a, in a room full of strangers with a strange woman I didn't know. And it was that woman there was nothing like super amazing about the Bible study, but every week she would come excited about this. And she wouldn't even talk about what was in that week's homework. She would just be like, she was so contagious. And I was like, I need to, I need to pay attention. And like, what, what is he saying to me? And it was like, it was like the scales falling from my eyes with, at that point it'd been 13 years from my abortion and I had been reading God's word for 13 years just seeing the condemnation for yeah, yeah. murderers don't enter and and thieves and you know all of those things So you got the depth me. of your
0: sin through that time.
1: I did, but I would say that what um what hurt my like in those years what bothered me most was how my sin was affecting me, mm. so I think like David is talking about how his God's hand was heavy upon him, and his vitality was drained away, and everything but but then I acknowledge my sin to you. Yeah. It wasn't until this woman we went through Second Samuel twelve and she yelled, "You're the man." Mm. I mean, she wasn't pointing at me, and right, it wasn't right, an right. accusing thing at me, but we went through that story, and I was like. I've sinned against the Lord. Hmm. And I had this head knowledge of it, but it did not break my heart. It didn't grieve my heart that I had grieved His. Wow. And so it was that moment. This must
0: be behind the comment that David makes in that Psalm, against you and you only have I sinned. Yeah. And you're sensing that at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: I wasn't just sorry for my sin. I was, my heart was broken that I had had broken his heart.
0: So that opened you up to the power of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And in the message we talked about so David gives these three awful characteristics of sin, which we just talked about transgression, sin, iniquity, where the where it emanates from. And then he talks about you your transgression is forgiven. It's mm-hmm. it's sent away, it's released, it's hurled away, it's lifted away. Mm-hmm. Was it during that time that you felt that great lifting taking place?
1: Yes, it was. Um, I had never heard before that self-forgiveness was a lie, and so when I finally grasped that it was all based on His work, His forgiveness, and I just had to surrender and open my hands to that forgiveness. Um, that it was. It 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 physically felt. Like a weight was lifted off me. Whoa. I can I can remember where I was out on my couch. I can remember being like, I'm not responsible for my forgiveness. Like he did it.
0: Yeah. Say that again. You're what?
1: I'm not responsible.
0: So you don't forgive yourself.
1: No, I had never been so elated to be so irresponsible in my life. Like mm. I was not responsible for it. And that was the moment that I just can, I remember sending her an email late at night and being like, I'm free. I'm free. It was like this moment. I mean, there were a lot of things that played into it. But um, when I realized that it was all him.
0: What a great story. And now you're using it as a ministry. Again, as we concluded our the, the message the other day, we saw the three awesome realities of being forgiven. One is that you are forgiven. You That that weight is lifted your sin is covered not in the sense of covering up your sin like you said that you're just covering up the dirt you just sweep mm-hmm. it under the rug but jesus absorbed the wrath of god paid the penalty for our sin and then it's not counted against us and our third point was you're set free which mm-hmm. is what you just said by the way this isn't just about this wasn't uh, this podcast you could take it like, well, we're just really, you know, doing a laser beam on women who've had abortions. That's not the purpose of this. We want you to understand the power of forgiveness because as you shared this, Lindsay, I thought of my own life and I've shared this before. Uh, it's no secret that uh, uh, previous to becoming a Christian myself, I was, I was an immoral man and uh, I was unfaithful to my wife, uh, who my wife who's now in heaven. And uh, so the true story. I mean, I, when I became a Christian, I was just ready to just tell all. And I just was totally transparent on everything. I know hard to believe, but, uh, but I, I didn't know how to tell her what I had done that I'd committed adultery, uh, a few years earlier. And, uh, so I talked to my brother who led me to Christ. I said, what should I do? Should I tell Nina what I did? And Nina, unlike me, she like me. She was saved about the same time, but unlike me, she was not on a, fast i mean I, I took off like a rocket she was up to her eyeballs in school studying to become an rn she was reading her bible she was genuinely born again but she was kind of going like this and i was going like this and my brother said i think it's all under the blood it's been forgiven i think you should probably just not really say anything to her for now and actually i'm not sure it was bad counsel I just eventually it would have to come out. So what happened for the next nine years, I lived with that. I never once lied to her ever, but I danced around the truth a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, when I would give testimonies uh, and to give my personal testimony with her sitting right there, I would talk about my drugs and I would talk about being an immoral man, but never spe- any more specific than that because mm-hmm. that can mean many things. And uh, so, And then it was Valentine's Day. 1991, Valentine's Day, nine years after becoming a Christian. uh, And we were together on Valentine's Day and it was a very romantic moment. And she looked me right in the eye and she said, isn't it wonderful that we were both virgins when we got married? And I couldn't light her. I couldn't dance around. I'm just looking at her and and she looks at me like, "Well, what? And in that moment, I just, I just said, honey, I, I've never told you this. And in, I have to tell you, for those nine years, it was I was miserable. Again, I'd been forgiven of it, but I'd never confessed it. And I never opened up to anybody about it. Never certainly didn't confess to my wife. Now that gave, gave way to a terrible night and a terrible month. But the next day she forgave me and she never brought it up again. She cried a lot she went into a period of mourning because i might as well have committed the dastardly deed the night before even though it was nearly a decade before but i can tell you as god is my witness in the same way that you sensed a relief when i confessed that to my wife i had that weight removed i had that constant irritation in my heart and soul removed and it you know for the remaining five years that she was in this world it was it was the greatest five years of our marriage. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that business of confessing your sin and coming open, that's a big deal. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, and one thing that I tell every woman that comes into this ministry and not just this ministry, but any woman that comes to me with any sin, um, they're always like, well, how do I, how do I know who to tell? Like I what should when should I tell? What should I tell? And I grappled with all of that. I, I told an audience of 450 people before I told my parents. Mm. And um I always tell women, don't just do it to get it off your chest. If you have any glory to give to God in the telling, then tell it. But it's not just a I'm just gonna vomit out my yeah. you know my experiences and so I will often tell women let's 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 get into this a little bit more and then and pray through the whole thing who you should tell because we can we can convince ourselves it's all under the blood yeah. and I heard a a huge preacher one time say like if it's going to hurt someone else don't tell them mm-hmm. don't and and that kept me silent for a few more years in my marriage
0: wow and
1: um and so I just, I just always encourage women be praying about it, be praying that God starts to work in their hearts and prepares them. But it's even better if you have some, if you have glory to give God in the moment.
0: Well, from the first time I went to your home and you shared this with me, and that gave, sort of gave birth to this ministry. You've met with many women. Mm-hmm. I won't ask you how many, but it's been many, correct? Yep. And I know, because I've talked to a number of those women who've received hope and joy and forgiveness and that lifting of the burden. So I commend you and thank the. I just thank the Lord for you in this ministry. Again, it's, what's it called again?
1: Joy Restored.
0: So if you're a part of Sailorville Church and, uh, and you have had an abortion, of course, I'm obviously talking to you women, but you said something you might be a parent mm-hmm. or that aid and abetted, something like this, and your child and you yourself are, are struggling, you can contact Lindsay Holland. She will help you. Um, I was also thinking of uh, a couple other things. One was the scripture that says, he who covers his sin will not prosper. Right. And you experienced that. And I did too. Yeah. Uh, but the one who confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Um, Lindsay, you said something to me that night that I first visited with you and your husband. And you... You know, divulged all this to me. You told me it was a crazy statistic. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I pushed back at you that yep. night, didn't I? Yep. Uh, I said, that can't be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, do you remember what the statistic was? One
1: in three women have had an abortion.
0: You did not mishear that. One in three women have had an abortion. So the, so the odds are that some of you watching this right now have had an abortion. Are you been connecting connected to it in one way or another, and you're experiencing this heaviness, it doesn't have to be there anymore. You need to do something about that. You need to find true forgiveness from God, and of course, from the individuals that you have hurt in the process. Um, And just a quick story before we wrap it up. The very next day, and I told you about this, Mm -hmm. but the very next day after, well, how many years ago was this?
1: Uh, Probably eight years ago.
0: Yeah. okay seven eight years ago uh, I had a Bible study with a, a, a relatively good sized group of mm-hmm. individuals couples one is employed in our church mm-hmm. now uh, that um, uh, they're brand new Christians and I was telling them about how impressed I was with you but and I even let my doubt come out I said I mean she said like one in three women have had an abortion I, in the church I said I can hardly believe it and all of a sudden crying crying, crying. Three of the women started crying Mm -hmm. and there were about six women. So it's actually a higher percentage. It was one out of every two women in the group that I was with had had an abortion and it all came out that night Mm -hmm. and you made me a believer. So thanks for what you're doing. So whether it's abortion, whether it's, uh, whether it's a sin that you've covered up, if, uh, if it's some form of immorality or thievery or whatever it may be, uh, don't, cover up your sin. There's true forgiveness uh, in Christ if you have a relationship with the one who died and rose again for you. If you have any questions, Mm -hmm. please let us know. And remember Lindsay Holland. That's a big name here at Cerebral Church. We love this gal. She's doing a great work for the Lord. If you have questions, let us know. God bless you.